any ideas for how people can, I don't know, keep the kids entertained and, and happy and less anxious throughout Christmas without having to spend loads of money? <laughs> uh, I know you're creative. I'm putting yeah, you on the spot because you you're are. creative and the best ideas come on the spot. Actually, I've had a few ideas. Thank you for checking in at the desk. I'm Benson and I'll be your fitness concierge for today. Okay, welcome to the first of my episodes at the desk with a special guest. And my special guest today is my friend Jane, who I'm a big fan of, a big fan of Jane and her company Calm Little Minds. So welcome Jane. Hi, thanks for having me. Thank you for coming along. It's just taken us a long time to get set up. So um, yeah, I apologise for no keeping problem. you so long, Jane. No so the point of these podcasts is to get the input of what I class as experts in their field, people who work in areas that I don't work in, but have an impact on the community in one way, shape or form. So I'll let Jane introduce Calm Little Minds and how they're playing their part in the health and well-being of young people. So tell us about Calm Little Minds, Jane. So Calm Little Minds is two years old now, um, and it was established following on from... I was working in public services and was just noticing the ever-changing cutbacks for children and families. So they were allowed so many sessions, say six, and sometimes you wouldn't even get to see them for the first five sessions because they'd be sitting behind their bedroom door. They might open the door on the fifth session because you've kept coming back and they think, oh, she's not going away. See them for one session and that's it. They don't have to be signed off. So you've actually not really done your piece of work. And for me, that wasn't giving me job satisfaction that I needed. Um, saw a bit of a gap in the market and decided to set up privately. Um, so we're an early intervention emotional wellbeing service for children, which I see as young as four and five right up to teenagers um i think my eldest is 15 so okay yeah. and it's two years old yeah in september we turned two okay yeah and we'll come to the whole covid situation in a moment yeah. because that's a very different scenario so in what we now god knows how many months into covid so let's say in the first year what did you learn doing things differently from what you did in your previous roles what did you find was working um I did a lot of collaborations with people. Um, it's quite scary actually going out on your own. So you've got this great big plan and then actually it happens and you're like, oh, what do I do now? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, wait for the referrals, um, meet your first family. And at first I think I kind of was still in the whole um, public service kind of mindset. Okay. So I would say it's six sessions, da 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 and parents would be like, okay, and then I'd get six sessions and think, actually, it doesn't have to be six mm. sessions. We've got this far. If you want to extend, like, let's do that. Okay. Or some children didn't always need six sessions, or it would be more parenting. And I'd be like, look, I can come around for two hours of your time, give you all these strategies, give them a try, um, and we'll go from there. It doesn't always have to be a block, an intervention block. It can be a conversation on the phone, things like that. Okay. Yeah. So what, what sort of scenario leads people to get in touch? What, what happens leading up to a referral? Gen, I know it can be very different, but what type yeah. of stuff gives people an idea? So there's always a story 
for the family and every family is different. Um, so for instance, there may have been a parent separation, um, parents may have split up and the child has not taken to it very well. Um, so they might be displaying behaviours like anxiety, anger, um, they could be school refusing, just behaviours that seem new to the family. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so mostly parents say, oh my goodness, they trash their room, they're so angry all the time, I need to deal with that. But uh, my role um, is to unpick that for them. And yeah, so we go from there really. So some, almost something would have potentially happened for the behaviour to be displayed, is okay. what I would say. Yeah. And is there a, a large part of it working with the parents or is it primarily with the young people? How does it work for you? Yeah, uh, yeah, probably 50-50, I would say. Um, I think quite often children are seen as they've got an issue, fix it. Mm-hmm. I always say, it's, I'm not here to fix your child. I'm here to give you and the family strategies to manage, to reduce those outbursts or the anxiety and so they can cope. Um, so I will do one-to-one work with child or young person, but I always feed back to parents, say these strategies, use them, um, give them parenting tips and ideas of how they can then manage situations and notice the triggers, um, things like that, yeah. Okay. There's no point in me telling the child all the strategies and never feeding back to the parents because they're not, they're not going to remember, so. Okay. Yeah. And how about with the schools, because all these children are school age, do you get involved with the schools? If, yeah. Is there much connection yeah. there? Yeah, not as much as I'd like. Um, if I have a referral from a family and they say, oh, actually, can you see them in the school time? That's great, I can do that. But the teachers are so busy teaching, I don't really get a chance to meet with them mm-hmm. to discuss how they are in school. So there's a bit of a lost connection there. Um, so again, it is really just parents and the child. Um, but I have got contracts in local schools, um, which is different because the school are referring their children to me. So in that situation, I have... Um, connections with the Senko or the deputy head or the head teacher and explain what we're doing each week with the children and how, how well they're coming on and actually less interaction with the parents. So okay. there's still a bit of, yeah, it's not quite smooth flowing as it should be really. What's a Senko? Oh, a special educational needs coordinator. So it's a teacher but they've got a specialised role for children with additional needs. Oh, okay, cool. And we've been lucky before lockdown sent things sideways to have you in the fitness garden in Wickham doing some little retreats yeah that's small group work just explain how that came about and the type of work that or the type of children that have attended and the outcomes you've had because I loved seeing that go on Uh, that's that's one of my favorite classes um so actually I was I met a lady who's in the who's a woman's health practitioner um she was actually giving me reflexology at the time she's talking about what I do and I just started started up Calm Little Minds and she had a passion as well for for working with children and families um, struggling with emotional well-being she said why don't we run a class and at the time I was thinking well, I can't run a class I've never done that ever mm. <laughs> and I was a bit like oh, okay what do you want to do and so we kind of brought it all together called it Little Retreat um, so actually it came about with Adele really, she actually helped me do that one and we uh, run it in a studio, um, I can't remember where it was now, near Slough somewhere and it went really well, it was really popular. So okay. then she said, right, off you go, you can run that now. 
um, but it was her idea really. So to bring in okay. yoga for breath work and calming and yeah, and then I did the the worry side of it, and she did the essential oil side of it, and it all kind of combines and helps. Yeah, supports emotional well-being. Yeah, yeah. it's good. And the, when I was involved at the fitness garden, what were they six to ten years old? Is yeah, that about right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then we incorporated you, didn't we, with confidence building, mm. which again is something generally comes as a, as a package. If they've got anxiety, it's because they've got low self-esteem. So that was an added extra, and I was like, oh, actually, we could do with that. Um, yeah. So, yeah. And they Still sticks that. in my mind because they were doing a, um, what's that, silly dance? Flossing. Flossing. And I was, trying to, <laughs> I was trying to floss, and I wasn't quite as cool as them. I'm still not to this day. Little Phoebe said something about my granddad does it better than you. <laughs> yeah, that was it. Thanks for reminding me of that. Yeah. So, um, so all that was going brilliantly, and things were moving along, and then a pandemic took over the world. Yeah. And we all had to readjust and rethink. So, where did your head go to when that was thrown on us? Like for you personally, yeah. were you were you stressed? Were you kind of okay? Let's be pragmatic. How did you feel inside? So as coronavirus was hitting, I was actually luckily in Miami. <laughs> so oh, I was right, kind okay. of like out of it a little bit. And I was just thinking, oh, I'm just going to be fine. I'll just get back, carry on as normal. Hmm. We landed three days later. It was lockdown. And I thought, what on earth am I going to do now? So I'm quite creative, actually. I just sit and think, well, Carmen and Miles can't just disappear now. I've spent like, at the time, 18 months building this up. I was just well established. I was booking six weeks in advance, um, mm. so it was going really well. Um, and then Zoom came into my life. I'd never even heard of it before then. <laughs> and a parent said, well, can we have an assessment on Zoom? And I was thinking, that'll never work. Not in a million years is that going to work. Mm. And I think I thought it wouldn't work because I'm so used to doing face-to-face. -face. So in my head, why would a video call work? Because yeah. I see people face-to-face. -face. So, yeah, set it up. Actually, I had no system set up. I Prop my iPhone on a few boxes to get a good angle, and yeah, went with it. Um, and actually, it worked just as well. Okay. Yeah. So then they booked in some sessions. I met their child on Zoom. I was like, how am I going to make this engaging? Um, practiced at home, like with a camera in my face, because I wouldn't even do an Instagram video for ten seconds. <laughs> <laughs> um, would never record myself. Nothing. Um, and just thought, actually, if I just send information for what I need them to have ready they need pens and paper um, and I can read stories online um, yeah and I talk them through worksheets I'd show it on the screen get them to point to things yeah and it, it works yeah so well okay yeah and did you see a change in what people's needs were probably not at the beginning of COVID but as things went on first few months of lockdown kids not being at school were parents yeah. coming to you with different types of referral or was it similar stuff enhanced? Yeah, so anxiety obviously peaked. Um, parents were trying to homeschool. Um, oh yeah, I forgot about that. They were trying to trying to tick all these boxes. So I would actually spend time saying to the parent, as long as they're doing something each day, hmm. don't worry. We've, we're all in this together. We've all got to learn. <laughs> yeah. We can't be superhumans. You can't be mum can't be a cook you can't be a teacher and you can't be a full-time worker all in one day it's just not mm. possible so kind of work out I did a lot of like charts and things with families like work out what you need to achieve how you're going to achieve it break it down if you haven't done every single maths worksheet that week really doesn't matter they're mm. learning different life skills they're learning to bake with you or they're learning 
to ride their bike. So many children I noticed have learned to ride the bike. I mean, that's a life okay. skill, isn't it, rather that than... That is good. Yeah. Um, so did you sense that there was a diff- different level of pressure being applied on different parents by different schools? Or was it self-imposed pressure by parents feeling the need? Why? Because yeah. I saw... I mean, I don't, I don't have school kids at home with me. So I was seeing a lot of friends and associates posting pictures and yeah. videos of look how good I'm, amazing. look how well I'm doing, as if they were trying to sort of, I don't know, keep up with the Joneses. Yeah. Nothing against Joneses if there's any out yeah. there. But if, was it that or was yeah, it actually exactly schools it. saying you must do this? Yeah, what, what was so going every on? school, well, I say every school, but all the clients I came across all attended different schools in Bucks. And I've just saw no two schools are doing anything the same. Okay. Some schools were doing back-to-back Zoom all day lessons where they had to sit and do their lessons all day. Some schools were setting work. Uh, some schools were setting work and expecting it to be emailed in. Some schools weren't asking for it to be in. Some had no contact with schools. It was all okay. yeah a mixed bag. But um, mostly parents would call and be so overwhelmed by the WhatsApp messages on the groups of right my little johnny has been and we've dug up the garden and we found this and now we're looking at fossils and you know all this kind of stuff <laughs> or we planted whatever they would find um and now we're online looking up such and such plants and and another parent's just about managed to get out of bed and get the kids dressed and fed in the morning by 11 o'clock some were doing joe wicks religiously at nine yeah. o'clock in the morning um and had a complete schedule of absolutely everything um but those that were trying to juggle work, three or four children, maybe not just one, no family help, queuing to get in the shops of food, that was the mm. whole part of your day. So, yeah, I think there was a lot of pressure on social media, WhatsApp groups, on mm. families, yeah. I think, yeah, I kind of saw from afar people trying to create routines that were, were unrealistic. Yeah. And I obviously deal with that and have done for a lot of years with people with a health and fitness type planning people try and create routines and they think every day is going to be the same. Yeah. And that's what screws people up because when the day doesn't go to plan, they see it as a fail. Yeah. And I was getting that when I was talking to friends or people I deal with who were stressing at three o'clock because they hadn't finished the other two bits of schoolwork. Yeah. And yet there were other halves coming home from work and dinner's got to be done and they want to do it. And it was like, whoa, chill out. It's like, yeah, it's crazy. And that's about it. what you yeah. said there kind of, yeah. Um, reiterates what I thought I was seeing I was interested yeah. interested yeah. to know so as things moved on throughout lockdown yeah what changed did things get busier did things get quieter did you get different sort of anxieties coming along what was it like yeah so the summer seemed to suddenly it was kind of like all or nothing really so probably June time it went a bit quieter lockdown eased and the summer came and I had quite a lot of referrals for children with anxiety because suddenly we weren't allowed out for so long and now we're allowed in the parks and now we're allowed to restaurants and the children were like, well, I don't want to go out there because it's coronavirus. Right. A lot of that. Um, kids like that. Yeah. They're not sure yeah. or scared of it. Yeah, hand sanitizer mm. everywhere. Masks weren't really in at that point. Mm. Um, I guess they were in but not compulsory. Um, yeah, crowds. They were then like scared of crowds or or there's people over there do we cross the road because actually when we were out walking three months previous we were crossing the road to avoid another family and suddenly it's like oh no you can just go in the shops now we haven't mm. got a queue for an hour we're just going to go in or 
we can come to the shops and go clothes shopping and it was all a bit all or nothing at the time really and no one really stood back to be like actually we've gone from having absolutely nothing to being in your home environment an hour a day for a walk to now you know mcdonald's is open we can go to the drive through or we can <laughs> go and get clothes or we can go for dinner or see mm. friends it's just a bit overwhelming i think so um oh. yeah to see a lot of an increase, definitely an increase. I remember when we spoke before, which I think was the first couple of months of lockdown, wasn't it? We, yeah. had, a, we had a chat on the phone. And um, a long chat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I remember asking, like, how important is it to be aware of, well, how much do kids pick up on what's going on around the house? Yeah. Because adults get caught up in conversations. Adults will be talking on Zoom these days or, or Teams or whatever, or they're yeah. talking with friends on the phone because they're not having the same conversations out. And I was saying to you, like, I'm guessing kids are picking up on this stuff. Yeah. And do we know that they're picking up on yeah. And is that, you were saying, yeah, yeah, that's a problem. And is it continued to be something yeah. we've seen? Yeah, so um, a lot of people had the news on because we were all obsessed with what was going to happen next. And I think people overlooked that their children were actually watching or listening. And actually all they hear is the bad stuff, the death rates, and we can't do this, we can't do that. And then, no wonder the behaviour then starts to escalate because in their mind they're processing death rates and if someone goes out the house they're going to die mm. and I heard that quite a lot in families they think we're going to die if we step outside the house and I said so how much um, exposure have they had oh we've had BBC News on most days I used to be like oh, mm. oh no yeah how about we just turn that off now yeah. and listen to it when they're not around or yeah um, because for young children to process stuff they process it differently to how we understand stuff Mm. And I think that was a big impact, yeah. yeah. And all the language around it, social distancing, social bubbles, don't touch this, don't touch that. It's yeah, all of that. I think if I relate it to, uh, I don't know, say coaching because we do a lot of physical activity stuff. If you're trying to get a successful outcome from a session, yeah. As a coach, you have to portray a level of confidence and belief in what you're doing and then the kids pick up on it if the kids see a crack in your armor yeah it goes it goes all over the place okay. and and i imagine in the household if they're, if yeah. they're not seeing something that looks like solid platform yeah and they're seeing a uh, lack of understanding and confusion yeah. then it creates real fear because they can't make the same assessments as some adults do yeah and i think we're all in that situation because no one knows what's going on and i think my main point is when there's a lack of knowledge, it creates fear. Yeah, definitely. I, I honestly believe that. And that fear can portray in different ways. And that isn't healthy, is it, for young people to no. see that in any way. And it's difficult because a lot of adults are acting chaotic and erratic yeah. around this whole corona thing. Yeah. And there's no consistency. Yeah. So it is a, a shame. And the youth projects we work in, there's a real mix of yeah. understanding about what's going on. Yeah. And no two families are doing the same thing, I would say. Same as the schools. Mm. Nobody's doing the same consistent thing. Yeah. So that's why the messages are so mixed. Yeah. Everyone's like, what are the rules? Well, I'm not sure. In our house we do this, or in our house we do this. Or mm. people say, oh, I'm going to have eight people around. And then another person's like, we can have six. And So what's, yeah. what's a, there's no overall solution, because I don't think everyone is ever no. going to do the same thing and what is the right thing. So what, what can be done to minimise unnecessary anxiety and... Fear and discomfort for young people 
what, what would you advise? Specifically around the virus? Or yeah, yeah, well, no, around the virus, because it's still, it's still there, isn't it? We've yeah. still got people walking past us now, some with masks, some with one guy's just got a plastic visor over his face, someone else hasn't got a mask on. So it's confusing for me. Yeah. So, so, so yeah, like, like, me. we met for a coffee and you were yeah. like, put your mask on. Yeah. I was like, well, I didn't have to. And he's yeah. like, yeah, well, I have. And it's like, okay. So, so yeah, what can we do to try and help these young people not get so impacted yeah. by it? Well, consistency would be the ideal solution, really. Mm. Everybody doing the same thing, but you're just never going to get that. Yeah. So down to each individual, really, is to, to manage the way... What, what works for them and makes them feel safe and secure mm. really if they want to wear a mask wear a mask if they want to hand sanitize every half an hour then do that um, but again just reducing it setting themselves goals so we don't really need to sanitize every half an hour if we haven't touched anything so actually like eight months ago would we be doing that probably not so mm. it's about setting goals really and giving themselves challenges to stretch that goal so eventually they're hand sanitising appropriately really and not over mm. the top or um, yeah it's down to each individual really so when mm. you're six I'll do different work with when I, with a teenager because I've got completely different understanding yeah if they're six we might sing a, a little song to hand wash and just talk to them about hand washing and about bad germs but if they're 14, 15 probably go into a bit more detail because they've got so many more questions mm. and talk about you know, the chances of getting coronavirus and the chances because they think they're just going to die. So mm. actually, if we look at it, you're, you're healthy, you're young, you know, you're active. So the chances are, I'm not a doctor, but it could be more flu-like symptoms for you. I'm not saying that will be possible, but mm. that's probably the reality rather than what we see on the media is the death rate. And, you know, if I get coronavirus, I'm going to die. Mm. So, yeah, they just process it differently. So... As we're doing this podcast, there's no end in sight with this whole virus. Mm. Um, there's different tiers in different parts of the country, which yeah. is uh, changing day to day. And not far from us now. Yeah, so. and so kids are, well, some are on half term this week, some next week, maybe some the week after, but forget half term, kids are back into school, yeah. they're back learning. How do you think it's going to impact those people who had their whole exam period messed up and... And I don't even know what the outcomes are for some of those guys, like people who've studied all the way up to a certain yeah. point. I mean, how how is that going to work with, with young people's heads? How do you feel that's going to yeah. go? Yeah, um, I haven't followed that massively because they were off to university, weren't they? And different mm. grades and things like that. I just hope that they don't think, oh, I haven't got to try. Yeah. To not, because they're going to give me a grade, so I'm not going to try. Um, yeah, I think yeah. it's... It's difficult for everyone because no one really knows what's going on and everyone's trying, hopefully, to do the best they can in a yeah. difficult situation. But I think what I'm seeing from working with more and more young people with the youth projects is the need for, and I bang on about it all the time through the fitness garden stuff, education. And, you, and educa education is not a sexy word. No. So you have, to, you have to sort of cover it up in different ways. And the same as mental health is much more talked about, but it's still not something that people are keen to engage yeah. with support services um, unless they're in desperate need and I always have people say to me it's a shame there's not more for people that aren't in crisis yet the more I work in the community world the more I see that there is stuff there there is plenty yeah. there but you have to be prepared to engage in it and not not assume that that's for people who are completely broken yeah um, it's for people who yeah. don't want to end up broken yeah and I think um, if we can start to educate 
someone that I met, um, who said it to me, Georgie from uh, Wickham Wanderers Sports and Education Trust. I don't know where she got it from, but we sat in a meeting before lockdown and she used the term mental health by stealth. Okay. And using their, their activity sessions to help people's mental health, but they don't talk about it being for mental health. Uh. So people sign up for it because it's whatever. Yeah. But we know the outcome will be that their mental health benefits. And I think, yeah, more mental health by stealth if we have to. because yeah, definitely. Because if you tell people come to this session because it's going to help your mental health, people kind of straight away feel like, well, I can't tell people I'm going to that. Yeah. Because people will think I've got mental health problems. Yeah. And I, I see it and I've been there myself, as, as you know. I didn't engage with things until I literally had my ego smashed to bits and had nothing left in my life other yeah. than suicidal thoughts. Yeah. So there was two options, engage with help or not be here. Yeah. And thankfully I chose engage with help. Yeah. But it was quite sad to have to go to that point before I actually felt I was at a level that justified me engaging in a group yeah. where I thought I was not on the level with these people. I thought I was above them. Yeah. I felt sorry for them. Yeah. Even in the first few meetings I went to and, and counselling sessions, I looked at people and felt, oh, bless them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm actually yeah. <laughs> further down than them. Yeah. <laughs> Looking back at it, yeah. that's ridiculous. But that's where your head can go. So I think if we can do something, not just for young people, but young people is what you do and what you're doing is amazing. And yeah, just put things in place that we know the outcomes are going to be yeah. positive. Yeah. But not necessarily sell it as... Yeah. Come here because emotional well-being. Yeah. yeah, and and I yeah. think that's what's needed um, more so. But it is difficult in the funding world. Yeah, trying to when you've because, got data to get. Yeah, you've got to get data, and yeah. and if I put an application in for the fitness garden for funding and say, can you give us five thousand pounds for a six-month project to help people who might end up suicidal, they'll go no. no. If I say to help people that are suicidal, then they'll say yes. Yeah. And it's like, well, we've got to help the people that we don't want them yeah. to get there. Yeah, the early intervention stuff. Yeah, so, so, so that's why what you're doing is amazing. But we were talking earlier about how do we get your expertise in front of the people that maybe aren't yeah, at that, level. that far yet yeah. so that they don't get that far. Yeah. And I think that's, if anyone listening has got the answer, yeah. let us know. Yeah. But that's what we're going to try and do. And I think other than win the lottery and, and not have to worry about yeah. paying bills... So we can give up our time to just yeah. go and do it to be nice. I think we've got to find other ways to um, to do this stuff. And a lot of the people in need can't afford to pay the commercial prices no. that are required for someone like yourself to yeah. rent a premises, open the doors to people, recruit yeah. staff, yeah. put the lights exactly on, put the that. heating on in yeah. the window. It, it costs money. Yeah. And it's it's a challenge. But, but I love what you're doing. What's coming up with Halloween... I've seen stuff. Tell me what's happening. Yeah, so I'm running a holiday camp. So I've been running them for two, just over two years, actually. So that was mm. one of our things when we started. Kind of had the summer ahead of us two years ago. And I was like, well, I can't just not work for two for the whole <laughs> summer. So, um, yeah, put in place a holiday camp. And, yeah, this summer just gone, we were absolutely full with, yeah, amazing children who were desperate to... Just be with other kids. Yeah. And actually, while it took a lot of retraining of like learning to be with other people and share and all of that, it was quite eye opening at first. So, I mean, the first week was just chaotic. Um, but we trained them all in the end and yeah, we all had a nice time. So I said to them, right, let's do Halloween. So, what have we got? We've got Monday. 
we've got um, Abby from Studio Physique. She's local. Okay. She's coming to a dance workshop in the afternoon, Halloween themed. I spoke to Abby. She's fab. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she maybe do she, some dance. She, she does the bar as well. Yeah. yeah, I go to her class every week. Okay. Well, yeah. yeah. Um, Tuesday will be the camp, uh, nine to three. But we're going to do baking in the afternoon as okay. the theme. So we'll do Halloween baking, and Wednesday we're going to have a Halloween party. Nice. Yeah, all together. So yeah, pass the parcel. Hopefully some apple bobbin. Mm -hmm. We've got a plan to just keep changing the bowls of water um, for each child, so it's all safe. Um, got glow sticks, disco lights, all Very sorts. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, looking forward so, to that. So Halloween's sorted. Yeah. I'm going to put you on the spot then, <laughs> as you work with young people a lot. Yeah. What ideas have you got for families that are probably a little bit concerned about Christmas this year, because all of the best made plans have probably gone out the window. Yeah. So any ideas for how people can, I don't know keep the kids entertained and, and happy and less anxious throughout Christmas without having to spend loads of money. <laughs> uh, I know you're creative. I'm putting yeah, you on the spot because you you're are. creative and the best ideas come when actually, you're on the spot. Actually, I've had a few ideas. So okay. I've actually contacted Hyrule Mutual Aid yesterday okay. because I want to create little gifts for children that are probably not going to get much this year. Okay. Um, so I've asked them how we could go around that, whether I donate the gifts or whether I donate some money. And I'll probably ask my parents um, if they want to join and donate gifts. Um, I think okay. it's really important um, to give back to those that are really not going to get much at Christmas. Okay. Those who've lost their jobs, all of that. Christmas is a big strain on families. Um, I'm doing Christmas craft packs. Cool. So that'll be five different arts and crafts that they can have. I deliver those to families. Um, doing my Christmas camp. That's all coming up. I'm also thinking of doing mum and baby Christmas craft sessions. Right, okay. So do hand and footprint paints on canvases, things like that, to make Christmas presents. Yeah. To shop locally, do things as cheap as we can. Okay. Um, I think they're great yeah. ideas. Yeah, that's kind of... And the mutual aid that. thing. I, yeah. I know the guys on... We spoke about it before, Wicker Mutual Aid, and I, I tried to do my bit early on in lockdown with yeah. them. Um, but yeah, if that goes ahead and the fitness garden can help in any way, then yeah, I haven't planned for Christmas yet. Oh, okay. So we'll just piggyback on what you're yeah, doing. I did all and this that, yesterday. And, 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 and help with you. But yeah, we've, we can use our network to try and do that, whether you're getting donations or whether you're, yeah. however you're going to do it. But we shall keep people posted on that one. Yeah. So 2021 isn't far away. Yeah. What, what plans do you have for Calm Little Minds? Or have you not thought that far ahead at the moment because of all this stuff? Yeah, well, I've got, in my mind, I've got big plans. Okay. Um, there's a couple of children's books I'd like to write and get published. Amazing. Um, so, yeah, it's just the next step for that, um, which will, the idea of those is to have a story, um, but provide strategies throughout the story. So you can okay. read it to your child and actually you can practice little strategies oh, in nice. those books. Um, nice. Yeah, so that's the next plan. Um I'm desperate to grow so I can employ a couple of staff members, make us bigger. Um, I'd love a little premises as well. Okay. But this is big goals, big yeah. dreams. Um, yeah, so I've got a long way to go, but that would be ideal. You heard it here first. Yeah, yeah, that's 2021 if we okay. can get rid of coronavirus. <laughs> I'm confident that some of those things are going to happen yeah. quite quickly. 
it'd be fine. Yeah, it'd be fine. It'd be great. And admin would be absolutely dreamy. <laughs> <laughs> Any admins get in touch oh, with Jane? Yeah. Where can people get in touch with you anyway? Tell people. Uh, so my website is calmlittleminds.co.uk. My email is hello at calmlittleminds.co.uk. And I've got Instagram and Facebook and Twitter, and they're all at Calm Little Minds. That's where you can get me. Excellent. And if you're picking this podcast up off of any of the Fitness Garden social media platforms, I'll put Jane's contact details in the comments. So you can click on those links. Thank you very much Thanks for, for doing another us. podcast with us. Right. We will do a follow-up in 2021 to see where your premises is yeah. and what your books are Come called. Come to me. And if I've got a little cameo cartoon picture of myself yeah. in one of the books. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and uh, No, I appreciate you being the first guest on the desk. Oh, yeah, thanks. Thank you very great. much. Thanks. Bye. Please support the YouTube channel, The Fitness Concierge. See you soon. <laughs>